Hi guys, welcome back to the Last Set Podcast. Now, just before we get started, I just need to briefly mention as well uh, that all, I want to say a big thank you to all those who are Patreons of the platform. Now, and if you do want to become a Patreon, you can. Link is in description. Now, today, I'm joined by Emma Plumley, who recently just took home gold at the IFBB and also took home, uh, was it third at Nationals as well? Yep, so um, two bronze and one silver at Nationals Fantastic. in Queensland. Wow. So was this all over the space of like the last few weeks? Well, it started, so like I've been in prep since June and then recently until I think it was the 26th of October, that was the state show here in WA. Mm -hmm. And then we were at Nationals in Queensland a week later. So yeah, in like the space of two weeks. (laughs) Wow, that's pretty full on now. How's the whole getting off the prep been? How's the whole recomposition? Um. Not going to lie, it's been hard. So I think like mentally it has been hard with the whole food cravings and whatnot. Um, But coach Scott Goble, my coach, has um, reassured me that it's okay to, you know, like if you do have a craving here and there, just like have it, but like all in moderation. As long as training is going great um, and strength is going up, yeah. Wow. So let's give the audience just a little bit of reference. How long have you been currently competing for? So my first show, I believe it was in 2017. So that was Omara's here in WA. Wow. Yeah. And then I haven't competed for three years after that. I think that's, is that three years since 2017? Oh my God, five years. <laughs> <laughs> it's been five years. Yeah, wow. So, uh, and then in 2020 and 2021, I did prep for a show, but then unfortunately COVID took that out. So yeah, and now we're here. It's taken five years. Five, five five years of competing, years. and now currently we're getting ready because we're go- we're going to get ready for the uh, pro card that we're going for next year. Look, that would be the goal. I, I think, think that's any competitor's goal is to get the pro card, so you can uh, eventually go to the Olympia, um, which is like a huge dream of mine, along with many other competitors. Um, but that would be the goal. Fantastic! <laughs> yes, yeah. I believe it's only about a week or two away. Uh for the show. Yes, for Olympia. Olympia, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. Close. yeah. It's getting closer. It's very yeah. close. It's yeah. just around the corner. Yeah, this is like my favorite time of the year because when you see on social media, just like how fucking cut mm. everyone is, just looking so mm-hmm. on point and all. So yeah, they're but, another level. Hey, they are <laughs> fantastic. Anyway, so let's actually um, rewind the clocks back a little bit because you've been c- competing for quite some time. So how did you first start and how did you get involved with it? Um, so basically, I've. My dad's an athlete, so yeah, my dad's a jockey um, and my auntie also competes. So I come from like a very athletic family um, and then I got into the gym. Well, I've been doing sports for however long I can remember. Got into the gym at 16 um, and from there I was like, what am I going to do with myself? I mean, the gym is great, but what's the next step? So I got myself a coach. um, Yeah, and then we went from there and I said, okay, let's try to compete. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. So how, if you don't mind me asking, how old were you when you did your first show? I was 18. Oh my God. Yep. So was it literally just like straight out of high school onto the stage? Yeah, basically. <laughs> what was that yeah. like for you? Um, The first show was very, very daunting. So it was very nerve wracking. I've never been put in a place like that before, you know, on stage in front of lots of people being judged on your physique as well, which can be very daunting to people. Um, but I think the first show was very nervous and surprisingly the second, no nerves whatsoever. Mm. I just loved it. <laughs> and have you always done bikini and all that? Or yeah, bikini. Have you ever experimented with any other different like divisions or anything or you just like stayed, stayed at one? I was looking at doing wellness. I did speak to my coach about doing wellness, but in order to do that, you have to have a solid couple years of competing, just building okay. um, along with other things that need to be done in the process, which I'm not willing to commit to. Yeah, so, yeah. I understand. So give the audience a little bit of a, like a reference. Like what is the criteria that you're judged on when it comes to bikini? Uh, criteria criteria, criteria yeah. um, for bikini is more so full glutes. So they're looking for that um, symmetrical physique. So good glutes, good delts, small waist, um, everything basically, but... I mean, if you're going to look at like a physique, a physique woman, they're very, very muscly. 
yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. how do you even describe that? Like <laughs> without coming off wrong. <laughs> well, the way I always saw it, based on the criteria that I've been told, is that they look for it's more how I believe it is like bikinis more beach body. I've been told, and yes, there's still a, a level of leanness to it, but for them, it's it's also for a lot of them, it's a very very natural look. Yeah, um, that's right. When people, and I've been also told that you can't really have abs and all that sort of stuff, or ab, um, you don't get judged for it, or so like a nice thin small waist. Mm-hmm. No, you're not like we're not looking for like blocky abs in a sense. Like mm-hmm. you don't want a bikini girl with blocky abs. Mm-hmm. It's more so just a nice straight up and down toned look. So I mean, if a chick's got abs, but they're not full you know, greater abs, then that's fine. But yeah, as opposed to like the bikini criteria in a sense, you don't want blocky abs. Fair. Just a nice, tiny, tight waist. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. And uh, how long was the the prep for you on this? My prep was, I think we did a, maybe a 17 or 16 week prep. So yeah, I wasn't going to strive for about 20 weeks. I think I might do a 21 week prep. I needed to come in leaner. I definitely did need to come in leaner. I wasn't lean enough. Um, and that was, you know, in a sense from my judging on my physique, my coach and the judges as well all said the same thing. So to come in a little bit tighter next time would be great just so I can get that glute hamstring tie-in to look more prominent on stage, yeah. Wow, well, because yeah. I was that's quite surprising that you told me that because considering you actually took home the gold and all that. Yeah. And then you still have that high standard for yourself. Is that something that's always stay with you or for is sure. it something that's built up over time? No, for sure. I'm I'm probably my worst critic if that's if that's the right word to use. Like, you know, I'm I'm very judgmental on myself and actually story time. So when we were first coming onto the stage for the just before the shows actually rolled out, um, I was going to actually pull out of Novice, um, which is the one that I won gold in, in my category. Uh, and I was going to go into the juniors. So there's only two other girls competing in the juniors. Um, I think I psyched myself out a little bit and I was like, nope, I'm not, not going to be good enough to place in Novice. I'm not I'm not going to even place today, you know. I wasn't expecting it. So, yeah, I was actually going to pull myself out of novice and put myself into juniors and compete with two other girls. <laughs> and I'm so glad that I didn't. It was, yeah, I'm really, really happy that I didn't. I had other people that were like, no, like, you can do it, you know, believe in yourself. And I was just like, oh, God, I don't know if I can do it. <laughs> but I did, <laughs> Yeah. In a way, I do admire it because I have been, I mean, most of the people that come on the podcast are generally like fighters or athletes such as yourself. When they have a very high standard for themselves and becoming the end of your harsh critic at the end of the day, like you don't know how high your standard is compared to others. So you do all this preparation, you go through all these right rounds, especially with fighters, they'll do ridiculous amounts of training, but when they come in, they'll take out their opponent inside like two minutes it's the same with a lot of like high level bodybuilders because they have such a high they're not concerned about others they're just concerned about themselves but at the same time they can be a little bit detrimental but then you got to pick your poison i'd rather have i'd rather i mean i'd if i had to choose between the two i would rather have a higher i stand for myself that way i know what i'm reaching for wouldn't worry about anything else and all now obviously because you've been doing it for so long uh over time how has your let's say training like changed obviously does it like evolve over the years or is it like a certain set of you know criteria or even exercises that usually we can go through like and more specifically um do you go through any like periods of like strength training or is it mainly just a certain set of exercises yeah so when I first started working out, it was sort of for the fun of it. And I was just like, oh, let's go lift some weights. Like, you know, let's be cool. Um, and then I actually fell into, you know, competing side of things. And it was time to sort of up, up my game a bit more in the gym. So I went through that phase. Um, and then I actually went through a phase of I want to do a, uh, a powerlifting comp. Yeah, so 2020, I was going to stop that whole competing side, you know, and go, all right, let's do 
strength comps and let's see how I go for that. So it was a lot of like compound movements, your deadlifts and your squats um, and the chest press too, which they all look at in the powerlifting. So I started doing all of that and I was like, hang on a second, like, no, I don't want to do this. What am I doing? So I had to really like stop pretty quickly because I was getting a bit pretty big um, and I wasn't focusing on the, you know, exercises that I should be doing, you know, with the sumo deadlifts and whatnot. I mean, sumos are awesome. Mm-hmm. I love sumo deadlifts, but um, for me, I'm a hip thrust girl. <laughs> oh. I love my hip thrust. Yeah. So um, it's just whatever Scotty gives me, really, program-wise. Okay. Yeah. And leading up to a competition, do you ever focus on still those big free lifts or are they kind of like cycled out? Off-season, yes. Okay. I At the moment, you know, I'm doing um, – Honestly, <laughs> I'm training glutes, hamstrings and delts, a bit of back and that's it. So in, you know, not training biceps or triceps, biceps, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing that. Um, you know, I have a little ca- some calf movements, ugh, can't speak English today, calf movements in there, but yeah, it's more so deadlifts, squats, um, hip thrust, so during off season and then when we move into the on season because my weight for like my strength training at the gym goes down dramatically because obviously I have no energy at the gym um such like calories you know tired cardio constantly moving when you're sitting down you're getting up you're going for a walk there's just no relaxation at night the only relaxation you get is when you go to bed at night and you sleep and then you wake up and then it's straight back into it so all of those heavy compound movements get taken out during prep for me yeah they, they might still be there but the the weight isn't there. <laughs> fair point. Fair yeah. point. Because like what I'm hearing a lot is, and one thing I've always spoken about as a deeply admire is the amount of attention that goes to detail, like over the whole preparation. It's really one of the only sports where literally everything counts. So personally, for myself, I mean, I do jujitsu. Like there's always, you know, the people coming to the competition, they say, oh, they slacked off on their diet or maybe they didn't get too much sleep the night before or maybe they didn't do as much training leading up to it. You can get away with that. But when you're on a bodybuilding stage, everything is exposed. Like right under the lights, like you can point yeah. out who cheated on the diet, who's who's absolutely exhausted, <laughs> yeah. you know, where it's lacking. Everything is literally there on display and there's like no escape from it. And the main thing I always tell people and I love to always ask is, like, how do you fit all of this into your lifestyle considering well, you can let the audience know what you do for living and all that. Like, how do, what's, like, what's a typical, like, work week for you? Oh, a work week for me. Honestly, like, the past couple of weeks leading up to the show were just a blur. Like, I cannot even remember for the life of me the week before I actually went on stage. Uh, a typical life in the day of Emma Plumley <laughs> would be wake up, go for a walk, It'd probably be about a three-kilometre walk, four-kilometre walk um, straight away, no food or anything. My, I always need, like, something to get me walking. So in the morning, I would walk down to my local coffee shop, get a coffee, and go for a walk around the lake or something. So that's just my little motivation for the morning, which I know helps a lot of people during, you know, competition season when you're so tired and you're like, oh, I've got to go for a walk. It's, I just can't be bothered. Go get a coffee. Go do something to you know (laughs) if that makes any sense yeah um and then I would come home get dressed for work go to work and because so I'm in the air force um military police wow yeah (laughs) she told me that before the podcast I was like wow (laughs) yeah so I'm in the air force I've been in the air force for four years now um and we're very lucky we get pt time so we get an hour of pt a day um typically which Mm -hmm. is great so um say I finish at two o'clock start at six finish at two I'd finish work at one o'clock so then I could go and do PT so but my PT schedule you know someone would go to the gym for an hour I would literally spend about three hours at the gym not something I do off season I do not do that I do my workout and get out of there so you know get to the gym you do your strength training you do your cardio maybe 45 to an hour on the Stairmaster 
and then you go and do posing in the posing room for about 20, 30 minutes, however long that you can really do it. So you're posing and you go, oh, you start to like lack on your back pose or your front pose and you're like, okay, it's time for me to stop. Or you just start getting frustrated. That's time to put the heels down and go home. So I'll go home, cook dinner <laughs> and go for another walk. Yeah. And then come back home and my feet would be aching. Oh, my God. I have to get the foam roller out and roll <laughs> and then go to bed. But that's literally every single day for me. But I think I had two rest days. But those two rest days would be cardio and posing. Okay. Yeah. So based off what you told me and all that, what's um, what's what's like your typical training spit then if you got two two rest days? Oh, what is it? So I just got a new one, a new program. So okay. Monday would be yeah, Monday's lower body. Tuesday is lower, what? Okay. Okay, my program is really funny. So I train five times a week, mm-hmm. but I'll be doing glutes and hamstrings, whatever. And then I'll add a bit of delts in the at the end of it. So it doesn't matter if I'm doing a, a leg day or an upper body day. That upper body day or that leg day always has delts or glutes or RDLs or something in it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It's pretty much training. Uh, that's a, that's interesting. Time. So there's not really like a – you know, there's not really many, many like chest days or... We have a really few many. chest exercises in the upper body. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, but like one or two, so... Fair enough. Fair yeah. Enough. So <laughs> let's just actually revamp back a little bit because you said that you worked in the Air Force. And, yep. that. and that's something I'm quite uh, fascinated by because I've actually got a lot of friends who are currently in the military themselves or recently just gotten out. <laughs> How did you like stumble across this? Because you told me you said your dad was a jockey. Yeah. Your aunt competed. So what did your mother do? Uh, my mum's a beauty... Well, she was a business owner. So oh. um, she owned beauty salons. Wow, yeah. so I could see where the whole competitive nature comes into. Yeah, there, so. so that's so true, right? Yeah, yeah. mum, beauty therapist, dad, athlete. It's funny how we always get a lot of things like that from our parents and all that. I know, <laughs> I know, yeah. So, I got a bit of best both worlds, right? <laughs> for sure. So how did you how did you get involved in, in the Air Force and all that? Uh, so I applied for the police force twice. Um, so I applied seven – oh, how old was I? 17 and 18, so WA Police Force. Wow, so this was yeah. like something you knew you were going to do straight out of high school. So you're like, uni's yeah. not for me, going straight to the, yeah? Okay. Yeah, so I always wanted to do policing. I knew it was something that I wanted to do, but I actually didn't get into the police force um, on those two occasions, uh, whether that was, I don't know, age or a lack of experience or whatnot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so I, it was more so they needed me to actually get out and go and do something else to get more experience in life, I guess. Um, so, yeah, I was like, all right, what am I going to do? I was a beauty therapist at the time. And yeah, I worked with my mum at one of her beauty salons for a bit, yeah. What was that like? It was good. It was really good. I actually had my own brow, um, brows, what was it? Brows by Emma. Yeah, brows by Emma. <laughs> I did, um, like, full qualifications in brows. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> I know. I'm full of facts, right? Oh, oh my good. gosh. So surprising. Yeah. So, so what <laughs> happened then during that time where you were like, okay, Air Force, let's go. Like, I don't want to be doing brows or anything like that. I No, it wasn't Air Force. It was Army. Sorry, Army. Yes. Yeah, no, I'm in the Air Force, but um, I was actually going to go Army. Yep. For, I was going to infantry. <laughs> Yeah. Like you said, blow shit up. <laughs> Why fant- not? That's fantastic. Yeah, though. I mean, was this? Uh, do you, does your family have a background? Anything like that? Or no, I don't have family that is in the defence force. The most that it is um, is my auntie's husband. So he was a clearance diver, um, but I never really spoke to him about it. Um, yeah, but that that was it for me. You know, I applied for it, got in, probably took maybe four months for me to get in and then I packed my bags and I left Perth and I went to Brisbane and Damn. I lived there for a couple of years. What was what was that like the whole is that where you believe about the whole oh it's good it makes a lot of sense now yeah. because to do what you do now you have to be incredibly disciplined mm. and I don't think anything is more regimented than people who go into the army because you from the moment you step off the bus you are told what to do when to eat when to sleep mm-hmm. and like 
So if you don't mind me, what was it like going through all that, like those six months? Is it six months of basic oh, training? Yeah, th- I think it was about maybe 16 weeks of um, recruitment training, which was one RTU in Wagga Wagga. So that's in New South Wales. Um, so, yeah, that was, yeah, a really tough um, mentally, physically, everything. Um, but, you know, it was, it was good. Like, it wasn't too hard, to be honest. I mean, a lot of people go through it and they're like, oh, God, it sucked so much. It did suck. We were stripped of our freedom. But um, – and we would basically – turned from what we were when we first came into completely different people with, you know, saying we've got, you know, so much discipline and we've got, um, I don't know, I'm moulded into a completely dis- different person than what I was when I first joined. So, and I like who I am now. I'm very disciplined. I'm very, um, I have a lot of motivation to do things. You know, people always like, where do you get your motivation to do, you know, get up and go to the gym? I'm like, look, it's, I made a, so I made a reel about it, um, you know, motivation and discipline, like discipline and motivation are different things. You have the motivation to go and do something, but if you don't have that discipline, how do I put this? Motivation and discipline are different. (laughs) You you start off with motivation Mm. and that should turn into discipline for you. So for me, going to the gym, I was motivational about growing my glutes, for instance, getting a getting a, a fatty <laughs> and then it sort of turned into a habit and then it just turned into discipline, you know, I'd go home after work and I'm like sitting on the couch doing nothing. Well, no, I have the discipline to get up, get my ass up, go to the gym. That's awesome. Yeah. Man. Have you ever heard of Jocko Willock? No. <gasps> you haven't? Jocko Willock, no. No. How could you be in the Air Force and have been in the Army and not heard of Jocko Willock? <laughs> I've heard, I haven't heard of a lot of people. <laughs> Wow. What what is this? Okay, this like after this podcast, like you will go home and you'll Google this dude and you'll I honestly feel like everything you will be asking you'll get answered. Jocko Willick is yeah. a retired Navy SEAL commander. He was the head of Task Unit Bruiser. Have you heard of you know the movie American Sniper? Yeah. He um he was his boss pretty Hang much. Hang on, is this this bed thing? The what? Where you have to <laughs> When you wake up in the morning, you make your bed. Oh, I th- no, that's have the, you heard that? that? That speech, yes, that's the admiral. I feel like everyone listening to the podcast needs to know about that. Yes, because that is yeah. something that has been drilled in, into my brain from day one of being in the military. There we go. Right. There we go. Yeah. And he talks a lot about the same things that he talks about. So, for reference, Jocko Willick was is is honestly like I think about the absolute apex predator, like absolute top tough guy. He wrote a book called Discipline Equals Freedom. So a lot of the stuff that he talks about from the military and how he applies it to business life, and he talks about the idea that he has, like, he has his podcasts, he does all these crazy videos, like getting up at 4 a.m. every morning, taking photos of his watch, and he does this big speech about how discipline um, is the root of all good things and that motivation is fickle, you know, it comes and goes. But discipline is how you get things done. Mm. So there's that. Anyway, if anyone's not listening to you, you've been living under a rock. Sorry, Emma, and all that. <laughs> go, I go, go, go home. Go, get off this podcast right now. Go, go read some Jocko. Go watch some Jocko. You come back and you'll be pumped up. Anyway, the, the, the main thing I actually wanted to take away from what you told me is the whole point of motivation is that people think that motivation equals action. It's actually the other way around. So as a PT myself... People who come into me and they're struggling, and even it's like the most basic things. I was like, "How can you take a situation and you make it so so easy that it should be absolutely effortless?" What I mean by that is, okay, what's let's say for example, if someone was writing a book, okay, can you write once? What's the easiest thing? Okay, a sentence. Can you write a sentence a day? But once you write a sentence, that sentence will become a paragraph. That paragraph will become a page, and that page will become a chapter. It's the same when I talk about. Like fitness and health and all that. Okay, what's the easiest basic thing we can do? Walking. Okay, awesome. Go for a walk in the morning. That's the that's the easiest start, which you do. So take something so like big, like such as the fitness or a project, and make it into such a tiny little task that you can do pretty much almost every day and all that. That's just a little bit of what that's just a, anyway, steering away from all that now. So <laughs> you're currently in the Air Force. Um obviously doing policing. Yeah. So 
Run us through, uh, without getting too much or too critical, like, run us through, like, what's a typical work week for that? Like, is it a lot of out and about investigating or? Um, it's a lot of patrols. So it's a lot of what the, I wouldn't say, like, what state police do. We do work alongside state police pretty much a lot. A lot, a lot of our jobs are with the state police. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of hard to talk about, but a lot of investigations and um, reports and stuff that need to be made. So, yeah, nothing too hectic, though, in my department, which is good. Ah, so is it a lot of desk work? Yeah. Ah, Patrols and desk work, mainly. Patrols and desk work, okay. (laughs) Do you have to do anything on, like, through the night or is it mainly just entirely through the day? Um... Both, a bit of both. Okay. Staggered shifts, yeah, yeah. Wow. It's a good job. It is, yeah. So it's um, it's different. It's different to state police, that's for sure. It's different to any job that you can get in the civilian world and that's what I like about it. Mm-hmm. It's not a normal job. <laughs> Fair enough. And we do get to go away a lot, which is great. And we get to move around too. So oh. I get bored of Perth, for instance, pack my stuff up once my posting's over, move to Adelaide or something. Not that I would. Sorry, Adelaide guys, but yeah, probably back to Brisbane. <laughs> Fair enough. So, have they yeah. actually ever sent you overseas or anything like that? Were you no. ever sent overseas in the army or? No, I'm not lucky enough to, unfortunately. <laughs> I mean, shouldn't say that. It's good, you know. When we're not going overseas, it's good. It's a good thing, right? There's nothing too hectic going on. So they stopped people going to Afghanistan, for instance. Yeah, um, yeah that's when things were going downhill. Um, but. Now it's okay. So, yeah. Fair point. <laughs> but I did go to Exmouth a couple okay. months ago. That was so much fun. If no one's been to Exmouth, go to Exmouth. It was, is beautiful. Was it like a training exercise or? Yeah, yeah, a bit. So um, I can speak about it. So next year, I believe in April, uh, solar eclipse is happening um, over the whole world uh, but the best place to look at the solar eclipse is going to be Exmouth so that is going to be the best point to see it oh. yeah in Exmouth <laughs> fair enough fair yeah. I've never been I never really knew they do good really. ribs they do? yeah is that like your go to food? yeah is that no, like well, not really I mean my go to food would be what would it be a bit of honestly a bit of everything um, burgers I had a burger straight after the show. It was great. Uh, yeah. That's usually yeah. a lot of people's go-to as yeah. well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what do you normally go to? Oh, God. I'm trying, I can't think of it off the top of my head. It's in Inglewood. Um, oh, what is it? Burger Urge. Wait. I don't know if it's called. Hood Burger. Hood Burger. Uh, yeah. Hood okay. Burger is the best burgers that you can get in Perth. Oh, shout out to them and I all that. I would love to see someone try to steer my direction of that because I won't my head's not going to turn <laughs> for me mainly I know it's so simple but there's a place they always go to in Karen called Thugs Thugs and Wings Th- Thugs and Wings yeah <laughs> I know it's, it's such a strange name but they do this amazing thing called a Gucci burger <laughs> it's about the most American thing you could ever have have you been to Milky Lane yet no I haven't like, everyone's telling me to go there I don't yeah know why it's what's so what's so special about it though um the burgers are just the best. I've actually got one called, I think it might be the Kanye West. Kanye? Oh, no, no sorry. <laughs> Kanye burger. Oh, my God. No, Chikan. Chikanye. Like chicken, but Chikanye. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, okay. I went on a date once, right? Yeah. So I went to Milky Lane with this guy um, and I wanted that burger. And do you know how I said it? I'm pretty sure how I said it was, can I get Chikan? He looked at me like, sorry, what? Sorry, what? He goes to Chicanye. I'm like, I'm just going to pack my shit and go. Did he? Get me shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, wow, that's a yeah. bit, that sounds a bit shallow. <laughs> it did, the date went well though. So like, oh, okay. yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> but you know, that's just something that, yeah. That's why I'm single. I've been single for seven years now. Oh my goodness. I was just <laughs> silent there from you. Oh my goodness. Wow. Like, Seven years. No judgment at all that. I, I mean, it's a long time, right? How? Well, <laughs> off the top of my head, I'm, I'm going to give a little bit of credit to to it. Like, you, I don't even like knowing you all day, but then you don't strike me as one of those people who actually feels like they're out there seeking for it and all that. 
I mean, because mm, yeah. you've got so much aligned with your life. Yeah. It's not like, oh, uh, how there's two types of people who I know who are, in, who are either in the dating world or seeking for love. They either want to make time for it mm. or they want to find a way to cram it into whatever the other things that they're doing. Yeah. So that's, that's so the true. Best. Yeah. So yeah. people who are so caught up in like that work life, you know, you did it yourself, you've been away, you're competing, been in the Air Force, they have to just find a way for them because it's not like you want to drop anything of what you're doing mm. for just somebody who you just met. So they have to find a way to like cram all that sort of stuff in and all mm-hmm. that. So either way, I mean. I'm a bit out there too. So it's very hard for someone to actually manage me. What do you mean by that? Like my energy is just a lot to handle. So, like, let's, let's go ADHD. <laughs> Classic ADHD. Yeah. So, it's it's very, um, like you're saying, you know, I've got gym, my career. I'm studying next year as well. We'll find out what I'm studying soon. <laughs> wow. Yeah, studying. So, along, you know, those, those couple things and then – I'm a big ball of energy, but I'm also very straightforward with how I am, you know, like if I don't like something, I'll tell you straightforward, like I don't like that, you know, like, or I was treated pretty badly in the past, in my past relationships. So I've learned to be like a build, I've, I've come very far since that, you know, and now I've grown into like this woman that won't tolerate bullshit from men. I won't deal with it. So a lot of guys think that, you know, they can get away with this and that from a female. You think that you can get away with that from a female. You cannot get away with it. Okay. I'm <laughs> quite curious now. Like, hey, what else them thinks they can't get away with? I would like to know, know that. But from, from your personal perspective. Let's go. Hmm. What's a good example I can't think of anything off the top of my head. I can't. But, you know, like certain things that they might be able to say. Like if you're going to say something, you're going to make a joke, like a tolerate joke, but then it gets to that point where you take it too far, then it's like turn around and be like, no, 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 stop. Ah, okay. Like, oh, but it's just a joke. No. No, you're hurting my feelings now. Well, well, yeah. Yeah. That makes makes a lot of sense. I get get where you're coming from in that sort of position. Fair yeah. enough. So if you don't mind me asking as well, what what's um what's what's like your background in terms of like family ethnic? Australian. Really? Australia. No. Nah, yeah. Mum's from New Zealand. Okay. Yeah. So she's from um how do I say it? Wanganui. Yeah. Yeah, in New Zealand. So my family's from Wanganui, mum's side, and then dad is born in Australia, but um that side is from England. Oh. So you couldn't even tell me. I can't, I can't tell you where from. I'm really bad with that. That's okay. It was just when you said that, when you said, oh, you say things out front, I was like thinking, oh, is there a little bit of Russian or Eastern Bloc? Russian. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I'm serious because yeah. it's one of my dreams. I always want, I, I actually always wanted to go to Russia. Obviously, I'm not going to go now with yeah. everything that's fucking going on over there. But oh, yeah, no, when no, I was no. out of high school, I always wanted to go to Russia. So I'll tell you something yeah. a little bit about me. When I was out of high school, I started working as a mouse stripper. Oh. For it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. I was up like, well, the, the thing is I did always in my bodybuilding, but I never really wanted to actually do it. But I was always yeah. obsessed with that discipline life and all that in the gym. Mm. But I had literally no social life, no party life. I hated drinking. I hated going to clubs and all that. And then one day I stumbled along this when one guy invited me into it. And I said, like, all right, may as well give it a go. And then I did it for four years. And then it was during that time I remember there was this, I went out on a date when I was 19 years old. It was with a woman. She was Russian. She was a few years older than me. And then I remember halfway through the dinner, I said something and she looked at me like that was the most, and she said, that is the most stupidest thing I've ever heard. Actually made me choke. <laughs> Stop. But, was, but the thing is, there's a bluntness that comes with Russian culture. Yeah. That, that's so... Um, it's such a normal thing for them. Yeah. And the reason why I want to go, I would like to go to Russia is because in here... In, Australia and uh, in some of the Western countries as well, there's a lot of fake niceness that comes mm. with their culture. They they smile at everyone, they say hi to everyone, even if they're not their friend, even if they're not the friends. They, in Russia, they don't do that. They don't smile. They only have like four hours of sunlight a day. If something's angry, they're angry at something. They'll say they're angry. Yeah. If they say something stupid, they'll say it's stupid. 
And that's what generally rubs Westerners the wrong way. So mm. when she said that, that was the most stupidest thing I've ever heard, it wasn't like she was insulting me. She was saying it because that's what she believed and all of that. Yeah. And I think to myself, I always actually say this to others. Look, if it, the key to happiness sometimes is living a bit Russian. Like, yeah. Ta- say exactly how you mean it. Say exactly how you feel. Because as we as... I would say Australians more than others are actually, we tend to bottle things up pretty quickly. Mm. And then we don't, because we don't want to hurt people's feelings. We don't want to be too out there. I squash that bullshit. Squash that bullshit. Don't sugarcoat <laughs> shit. Like, that's exactly right. You know, say it straightforward. Say it how it's supposed to be said. Don't sugarcoat stuff. And that's exactly where, you know, military, right? That's where it comes into play. I Good do point. not sugarcoat stuff. And I think a lot of men find me intimidating. So, you know, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you look at me like, but it's true. Like, if I'll go on a date and I just say it how it is. Okay. And I think I, I surprise a lot of men. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you go on a date. Guy rocks up 10 minutes late. What do you do? I probably would have left. Oh, straight away. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> Are you like, t- uh, okay, we're going to be here this time, this time, and this time, and all that? Yeah. All right. Okay, yeah. what about if you decide who goes where? Do you pick the Look, start? I'm so chill when it comes to that, right? Okay, okay, okay so okay. I am very straightforward, but I'm very chilled. Okay. So if you want to go, if we want to go out, like let's say let's go to a nice restaurant, let's go to Milky Lane, let's get some burgers. Cool, I'm keen for that. You want to get drunk? Let's get drunk. Let's have some fun. You want to go to Mackey D's? Get some Mackey D's. Mm-hmm. Go back home, watch some Netflix. Yeah, let's do that. You know, like I don't care. Like I'm very chill. I'm very spontaneous. So it'll be like whatever I'm and say this guy that I actually used to see, I used to go, he used to come pick me up. So I was actually living on base at the time. So, and he was defense as well. So he was able to come and get me from the blocks. Yeah. So it'd be like 11 o'clock at night or something. Then we'd just be like, what are we doing? Hmm. I don't know. Let's go drive around looking at houses. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> like the nice houses, you know, the nice areas. And then you just, it's a dream. You're like, oh my gosh, that's such a nice house. Oh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> is that weird? Have you not done that before? No. Absolutely, oh, absolutely not. I no. still do that with my best friend. Really? Yeah, Ned. Wow. That's my best friend. Wow. Um, we will go to like close to the city area and we'll just go look at houses. Okay. Cause if you haven't done it, do it. Because you're going to see some pretty amazing freaking houses and be like, damn, that's a dream. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> Just weird shit or go to the beach, okay. you know, spontaneous. That, that's something nice or not. Okay. <laughs> that's such a weirdo, hey? No, it's just, I've never ever thought, like, can I actually just be honest? Like, I've never ever recommended going around for a drive with someone as like a version of a date, you know what I mean? And not a date. Okay. More of uh, just to hang out. Just to hang out. Just okay. to hang out. Just like, hang out. you know, what are you going to do at 11 o'clock at night? Yeah. You know? Uh, actually, I'll tell you this. Though. Now the that I say that, I sound like <laughs> a bit of a weirdo, don't I? Just creeping on people's houses at <laughs> 11 o'clock just, at night. Just drive outside the front of their house. It's like, damn, that's a nice house. And then they open up the windows. Like, why like, is that car the, outside What the hell? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> hey, sorry, guys. We're just checking out your house. We're just checking out your house. What, what are you doing for a living? Okay. Okay. Fair point. Fair point. Yep. Good, good for you. Um, actually, I will, I, will, I will mention this, though. I mean... I'm not in the one to give anyone advice and all that, but the best piece of advice I was ever given by a dude, it was like, he told me, I was like, I met this, um, when I was doing a show, it was this woman, she was actually a professional dating coach. Like she's like the person who you go to and she's got like this list of people and she'll pair you up and all that sort of stuff. And I was like, what is the number one mistake that most people make? It's like they get, too invested before the thing's actually gone down. I was like, what do you mean by that? It's like, there's this new thing that everybody has to do is whenever you're meeting someone for the first time, you always have to go on what they call a 10-minute date. It's like so simple. Yeah, like because I mean, uh, it's a mainly- 10-minute date? 10-minute date is the best thing That's ever. That's great. I got to tell you this. I would love to do that. Well, here you go. So- <laughs> Next. <laughs> it's literally that because <laughs> like, it's mainly also for women. Yeah. Like you think about you- Dress yourself up, want to make yourself look nice. You got to plan the time for it. 
and then you actually meet the person up front and you realise he can he's not the one. Mm. And, and, or not 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 even the kind of type. You don't vibe with him. And then you realise yourself, fuck, I've got to spend the next hour and a half with this person mm. at least. It's the same thing sometimes that happens with guys as well. Like we plan, we polish ourselves up. I'm like, no, here's, and she's like, nah, this is what you gotta do. What time when's your lunch break? Okay, good. If you want to take a day out, try and get them on your lunch break because that way you're on a time limit. That way you don't have to put any effort into it. You can meet them. And if you like them, then you can do the whole thing, the big thing. Or even something so simple like walking a dog. I was yeah. like, generally, because um, then she's like, well, if you don't like them, if, so if they don't like you, then well, then not who's going to hate your dog? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And like another one tip, tip for advice for the girls out there. <laughs> you go on a date with a guy and he, don't let them pay for your food, right? Ooh. Do not let them pay for your food. <laughs> You're the first woman, <laughs> first woman that has said that. No, really? because okay. seriously, like this, this is going to get real deep. Okay. But for me, I've realised if I let a guy pay for my food when I go out for dinner with them, and then they want to want me to go back to theirs, whatever, to watch some Netflix or something, mm-hmm. I feel bad if I don't go. And then, yeah, oh. I know. So I feel bad if I don't go. So then you end up going with them and then you end up sleeping with them, right? And it's like it's a, it's a whole mind thing. So because they paid for my food, I feel like I need to go back with them to watch a movie and then you end up sleeping with them and then you're like, far out, I wish I didn't do that because now what what is there to look forward to, right? This is a younger Emma, so this is what I've spent time reflecting on. So mm-hmm. I, I do not let guys pay for my food unless I have been out a couple times with them. I always ask to split the bill or I'll pay for it. So wow. if I don't like a guy, I'll pay for it straight up because then I'll just get the fuck out of there you know go home yeah. sorry and then if they're like oh you want to come back to my watch Netflix oh, fuck no no I don't <laughs> <laughs> if it's a guy that I'm like yeah he's cute you know maybe I'll be like okay let's go do something else but don't ever go back to a guy's house on the first date because that will lead to something and then from guys that I, I'm very open about this with guys my guy mates and I'm like what am I doing wrong and I said don't sleep with him on the first time that you meet him because don't even kiss him okay you don't kiss on the cheek like old times right because you've had a kiss you've slept with them you're not even in a relationship with them what what is there to look forward to yeah it's not passionate Mm. we're talking about sex now it's not passionate sex the first time if you're gonna sleep with them on the first night it's just sex okay well then (laughs) i dare say like what is this is this is a po- this podcast tended episodes tend to a dating podcast. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I can talk that's for fine. days about it. Okay, that's well. I, no, I know it's a weird thing, but is this is something like this ever? You you told me you've wanted to do this before we came on, but has setting up something like this ever? You've something like this ever? Have you ever considered doing something like that? I have. Yeah, yeah I have. My um, one of my best friends. Um, she has a podcast with her sister. Back in Queensland. Um, it's, I'm pretty sure, so her name's Jessica Johnson mm-hmm. um, and her sister's Beck Johnson. And I think it's sisters, not twins. So that's their podcast. Um, and they talk a lot about IFBB competing, um, relationships like um, Jess is studying psychology. So it's very interesting to listen to. I love their podcast. And um, I was, yeah, I don't know, maybe if I was living in Queensland, I'd, see if I can get on with them. But now I'm over here in Perth, so I'm like, all right, what am I going to do? Like, <laughs> I'm a good talker. That's it. That, yeah. Sure. I'm, yeah. So if you don't mind me asking this, it's, I'm, I'm wildly curious. Like, what are the red flags for you off the first day? Like, what are some things I'm like? Nope. Oh, my God, that's so funny. Ask me. Okay, so <laughs> I'm going to throw myself out there. I'm on Hinge. <laughs> Have you heard of Hinge? I've heard of Hinge, yeah. So I'm on Hinge and this guy, he messaged me the other day. So I messaged him back and one of his comments were, what is um, red flags for you? She's pulling out her phone, by the way, guys. <laughs> <laughs> you got to listen to this. Please. You have to listen to this. It right. is the... the uh, there's this Instagram up. page I like to uh, I follow. It's one of my favourite pages. It's called Name and Shame. Yeah. Oh, sorry, not Name and Shame, but it's called Shame of Tinder. And it is like the worst Tinder comment ever. <laughs> like the worst things that people saw, they submitted. 
And oh my goodness gracious me, like these things, <gasps> like, oh. It's horrible. I had a guy ask me on Tinder the other, I'm also on Tinder. I had a guy ask if he could s- <laughs> snort cocaine off my ass. <laughs> I'm not a drug person, so no. Unmatched. (laughs) Straight away. Red flag. Was that like the first thing you said? That was the first thing that he said to me. No no hi. No. Hello. Not even a hello. So snort cocaine up your ass. Yeah. I was just like, this God's catfish. Oh my God. (laughs) All right. So what did I say? All right. Um, I said, a guy that uses filters on, on his stories to alter the face. You know, like, so if a guy's taking a photo yeah. and they've got that full, uh, like, Instagram filter or something and they send it to you. But th- what about the big mouth one? What's wrong with that? I love that oh, big mouth look, one. Look, the funny ones are fine. But when go. it's, like, makeup kind of looking, okay. do you know what I mean? Okay, yeah, yep, I feel you on that one. Um, two, talks about themselves and don't listen to you. I hate that. Okay. I yeah. really freaking hate that. Yeah, okay. You're having a conversation with someone and all they do is talk about themselves and you're like, oh, 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 yeah, can't get a word in. Mm. Fuck, does my bloody head in, right? Mm. Tries to sleep with you straight away. That's number three. That's what we were just talking about. Don't do it. It's not worth it. Four, only sees you when they want to see you and not when you want to see them. I have experienced that so much. Really? Yeah. Okay. So if I ask them, Can I, do you want to hang out tonight? What are you doing? Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, no, I'm busy. But it's always on their account, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. So do you want to hang out? Oh. Yeah. I <laughs> no. think the most appropriate response to go with that, they would say, hey, I'm busy tonight. However, they're still answering your question. <laughs> yeah. They know they want to hang out. I can do Tuesday night or Thursday yeah. during the day or whatever. Yeah. That's what I always say. Like, no, When I say to my friends, if they want to do something, I was like, no, nah, sorry, I cannot do tonight. I've yeah. got whatever tomorrow. I can do next week though. And I'll pencil it in for you and yeah. all that. Yeah. That's how you can tell if someone's interested in you. Boom. If they put the time and effort into you, if they only have like, you know, the time and effort for, for them that they want to see you, not when you want to see them, they don't like you. It's pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't have banter or just too serious. So we're not we're not like into like those super like stoic guys, you know. The Look, <laughs> I, I can't. I've been on a date before. I went on a sushi date with a guy in Brisbane, mm-hmm. and it was the most awkward thing of my life. We were eating in silence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you feel the cringe, right? Oh my god, I wanted to eat out of there. <laughs> and then he had the the guts to ask me to go back to his after. Yeah, I said no. Bye. Okay. <laughs> I'm going home. Um, is a family person. Family is everything to me. Mm-hmm. So if, you know, I mean, you don't have to be a family person. You could have circumstances where you might not have family or whatever. That's fine. Mm-hmm. And in defence, I, I come across that a lot. People that don't have family in the same state. So they're just by themselves. That was me in Brisbane. But it, yeah, I'm a big family person. So, so I they like someone have a good that, relationship with their mum yeah. and dad. Okay. Yeah. I mean, they don't have to like, but there's reasons, mm-hmm. you know, um, not ambitious. I'm such an ambitious person. Good. Huge career, IFBB, everything that I do, I'm ambitious. Yeah. If I want someone to get it, I don't want someone that's just got to sit on their ass and be like, oh, I wish I'd, you know, had this or, but they don't do anything about it. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah. It's good to know what you want. That's yeah. important. That's what I tell people. Like, Whenever someone, I've got buddies of mine who are going through, they're currently going through the dating scene, I tell them like, well, mate, you've got to be very clear about what you want, but you also have to be very clear about who you are. Because if you're some, like, here's the, here's the last thing. You know, you know Andrew Tate, right? Yes. Yes, you know, you hear about him and oh, all that, yeah. I'd love to push him off a cliff. Really? We hate him that much? Yeah. Okay. I'm cool. Well, I'll, t- I'll, tell you, I'll tell you a good thing that he said, though. He said the first thing you need to do, there's a few things you need to do before you ever go dating. First thing you need to do is you know exactly what you want. Focus and tell yourself how much, like, focus Wait, on your career. Hang on. Sorry. Is he the guy that is rude to females? Is he that? Or am I thinking of someone else? I wouldn't say he's rude to The bald one with the sunnies that yeah, calls yeah. chicks out. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, that's Andrew Tate, yeah. Oh, okay. Do you yeah. like him? I am a big fan of him, but oh. I don't agree with everything that he says. Yeah. Like, okay. when he, he's, he, 
for background, guys, he's a world champion kickboxer, and he, I would say, he's one of those like pinnacle of male masculinity. Like, I don't, and you know, obviously, he's a billionaire. He's been, for, he's had some interactions with gangsters. He's up there in terms of, but in, when he talks about things like. When it comes, if he stepped away from talking about women, mm. I believe he would probably be one of the most respected men on the planet because I idolize him for, you know, I was a fan of him when he was a kickboxer because obviously this is a fighting podcast. Yeah. When he talks about men being distant, when he talks about boys being turning into men and that they have to grow the fuck up, how yeah. men have to become disciplined. And one of the main things I just want to refer to, okay, so the three things a man must do before he even considers going out into the dating scene is one, he has to fix his um, fix his health. That's the number one thing. Because if, because if you can't take care of yourself, how can you expect exactly. to take care of someone else? Oh my God, that's so true. Yeah. Second thing he should do, is take care of his business or take care of his work. Because if he can't expect to provide for someone, how can uh, if he can't provide for himself, how can you expect to provide for another woman? Mm. And then the third one, which I think is a little bit hard, it, um, some some guys do it sometimes, but you have to be willing to actually defend yourself and all that. And if you can do all those three things, then he says go into a damn world because – the age of fakeness will always come out. Mm. Like if you say this, this, and this, and you lie, eventually the truth, she will find out what kind of yeah. person you are. Yeah. So that's why I believe, like, guys, I'm always saying to this, don't worry about dating. Okay, first thing first, how many times a week are you going to the gym? Well, I'm going in once. No, bump it up four times. Okay, how are you doing in terms of money? Uh, make a little bit. Okay, uh, work your ass off next six months. Then consider dating. And then when they do that and they're so focused on themselves – then I believe the woman come to it because yeah. um, the, if you focus, I think it's like the more you focus on, sometimes when it comes to dating, the more you focus on it, the more further away you get from it. Mm. But the more you focus on yourself, the more things that are attracted to it. Yeah, yeah. that's so true. Yeah. yeah. You've got to have like your self in order before you actually, correct. you know, start dating people. Mm. Um, I completely agree with you on that one. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, we don't actually have a lot of time left, um, yeah. but I did want to like since uh, since we talked about uh, red flags, mm-hmm. what are some like green flags for you based off those ones that, uh, other than the ones I just said? The okay. opposite to them, I think. Okay, how about this? How about this? You go on a first day. What are some green flags from the guy? Um, I think a guy that makes eye contact with you. They make eye contact with you because that means. <laughs> That means that they're interested in you. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and they're just, they listen to you. They want to listen to you. Body language is everything as well. Um, and they just have good banter, I think. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's pretty much my green flags. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, cool. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, we're just going to have to wrap it up. Yeah. Apologies. Emma. <laughs> uh, anyways, guys, thank you very much for listening. Now, if you want to, uh, fi- uh, this episode will be out very soon, but if you want to, uh, Follow Emma on Instagram. You can. Sorry, can you just drop your tag? Yep, it's um, M Plumley mm-hmm. underscore underscore underscore. Awesome, <laughs> lovely. But just find me at Emma Plumley. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, thank you very much for coming on to the podcast, and thank, thank you very you. much for being very open as well. Was, oh yeah. When it comes, to, I got a bit. When it comes onto these episodes, it's normally we just talk about bodybuilding, talk <laughs> about career. So I appreciate you opening up. Yeah, of course. And guys, thank you very much for listening. Uh, you can follow us and don't forget to subscribe. And then, of course, guys, if you want to become a Patreon, link is in the description or donations are much appreciated. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. And that is game.